Hi, I'm Carlyn Holbrook. I'm a John Maxwell team certified coach, teacher, trainer, speaker, published author, and influencer with more than 25 years of global leadership experience. If there's one thing I've seen firsthand time and time again, it's that the best leaders inspire others to follow their purpose and their passions, while the influence of a bad leader can literally tear down people's potential. Join me for a few sips of leadership tips that will help you become a better leader by first conquering the hardest person to lead, you. While the great resignation continues and so many people are having to hire people. And so today I just wanted to take a few minutes to talk to people who are hiring leaders out there. I know I've talked a lot about people chasing their dreams, going after things, you know, wanting to try new things, which I think is amazing. And I think that that is one of the silver linings of this, you know, terrible going under three years, it feels like. But hiring leaders, it's pretty tough right now, especially for people who have a lot of open positions and trying to keep the lights on, keep whatever the, the role is or job that they're doing going while also trying to either hire just themselves um, or work with a recruitment team or, how, or headhunters, however that looks like for your particular business. It can be challenging. And there's definitely a lot of interesting practices in today's day and age out there that I know companies are starting to adopt. And I frankly am going to say a lot of unpopular things today, probably in my podcast, but again, my podcast, my opinion. Um, And one of them to me is just the style that we go about having an interview or hiring somebody and having those conversations. And so the reason I'm talking about a lot today is I've been talking a, a lot to several friends of mine and people I know who are hiring roles and it's really interesting to hear the diverse points of view on how they go about this. So one of the things that has become a very popular from an inclusive practice perspective is recruiters are recommending that you ask every candidate that you're interviewing the same questions. And my opinion is I actually think that's the opposite of being inclusive. I don't see how that's fair and equitable when you ask everyone the same questions when everybody hopefully is going to give you a completely different answers to those questions. No one's been able to explain to me why that's fair and equitable. Why would it be wrong to ask somebody else a question that's a little bit different and tailored to maybe their experience or tailored to something you saw on their resume or better yet, I personally, I'm not really very prepared when I go into interviews. I think I, I do have my own probably three or four things I, I just naturally ask everybody and usually starts off with, um, tell me about yourself, but what's not on your resume. And that always like throws people for a little bit of a loop. It's like, I can read what's on the piece of paper. I want you to tell me about you. Like I want to hear who you are out of your mouth, out of your brain, out of your heart. And I conduct interviews in a very casual manner. I want it to be a conversation because, frankly, anybody can have first date mentality when you're on an interview. You put your best foot forward. You dress to the nines. You, you know, sit up straight when you probably normally slouch. I mean, you can, anyone can do that. What my goal is when I'm interviewing people is I want them to feel as comfortable as possible to me so I can see the real them. So I can just have a conversation as if I was just meeting someone in a coffee shop for the first time. 
It puts them at ease. It it helps them to break through the ice a little bit. And I promise you will see more of the real authentic them and their whole self rather than asking very regimented, stiff questions because you have been given a list of things you have to ask each person and here they are. And I also find when, and I've been in like panel interviews with people who have their regimented questions and it comes across that way. It's very like you're not you're not listening. You're not part of the conversation. You're just checking it off the list. You're like, okay, I asked that. You answered that. Moving on to my next question. And a lot of the times, there's nothing to do with the previous question you just asked. It just seems really fake and phony to me. And I would much rather start a question off and see what that person talks to me about. And then let me pull it some threads about what they're sharing with me. You already know what the job is in your head. You know what the job requirements are. I am hiring that person because I want to see all aspects of them. I want to hire for character. I want to hire for values. I want to hire for attitude. Um, Aptitude, yes, but I also know that like every little task and scenario and project and all of that, it's like I can train for that if someone has the aptitude and the strengths and the capabilities. That all that other stuff I can train for. And I think it's more important and it is way harder to try to train and coach as a leader, emotional intelligence, um, the ability to have empathy for people, to be a team member, um, to have a heart of a leader. Those are the things I want to get to in an interview. I want to know what what is your philosophy of leadership? What does it mean to you? How do you define that? What kind of work environment you know do you thrive in? Like what does that look like for you? I could sit there and have them write essays all day or do scenarios or, hey, I'm going to give you, you know, in this situation, what would you do then? Those tell me nothing about the person. I think, and I know someone could argue, well, it tells me if they can think on their feet and they can this and they can that. And it's like, okay, but here's the reality. Majority of the time in an environment, they're not going to have to make quick decisions on giant grandiose scenarios in like 20 seconds by themselves. Give me a break, people. Like when people are putting people through the ringer on those types of things in an interview process, I don't think they get any better people out of the process than they would if they just would have a conversation and get to know the person and get to know where their hearts are, where their passions are, what their strengths are, what are what are things, you know, that aren't their strengths. I love to ask that question too. If I was to take a 360 of you and, and talk to People, you know, your leader, people who you work with, you know, people who know you personally, what would they say about you? What would they say are your strengths? What would they say are your opportunities, your weaknesses, things that, and again, I, I don't hold that against someone. I had someone tell me once in an interview that they don't have any weaknesses and I would never interview them again because everybody has them. I want to see someone's humility. I want to see, again, going back to character, I want to see how they answer that question from a, a state of humility and like usually the best people um, that I've hired, what they'll answer with that question will be, here are the things that I am working on about myself, that I know about myself. That tells me, oh, self-awareness. They have self-awareness, they're self-evaluative. And that is somebody you want in a team member, in, in someone on your team. And it shows their humility and their ability to keep learning and keep growing and have, again, a growth mindset, not a fixed mindset. So all of these things you are not going to get out of these regimented scenario job skill type of questions. 
the the types of questions you should be asking someone should be more poignant questions about who they are and and their character and their capabilities, their aptitude, their passions, all of those things. And for me, that is more inclusive because for every single person you're talking to, I hope it's completely different answers. And I hope it's a completely different response. I need to ask open-ended questions to allow them to show me who they are and what they, do, they can bring to the table and what they want to bring to the table. And those, to me, are the best conversations and in interviews. I mean, think about interviews you've been on. Is it the ones that people are very stiff and regimented and very question-driven and oriented? Does that put you at ease? No, it makes you sweat like bullets. When they start firing off a bunch of scenarios at you and you don't even really know the work culture, the work team, the work, you know, it's exactly what it is. I don't care if you read the job description. You can't get out of a job description what the job day-to-day really is. There's no way. I mean, all that is is a basic list of some qualifications and a two-second summary of generally this is how the job is. So for them to come and fire off scenarios that apply to their work environment at you, that's a horrible position to put somebody in, in my opinion. All right, I'm off my soapbox. Maybe, we'll see. But hey, a podcast is a soapbox, right? Let's get into some sips. All right, sip number one, hire better than you. I know that feels very counterintuitive because I think a lot of people and a lot of hiring leaders walk into the room feeling like they have the upper hand because they know the job, they're the one making the decision, and oftentimes that comes across, frankly, if you, in an interview situation, and again, you're not helping put that person at ease and wanting to feel warm and inviting into a conversation with you. Because remember, that person's interviewing you as well, just as much as you're entering interviewing them. And I see it sadly all too often that people want to hire people not as good as them, somebody they feel like they can control, somebody they feel like they can keep down because I just need someone to do these things for me. Rather than hiring someone who you see, wow, that person is smarter than me, faster, quicker, better, all the ways like wow the potential I see in you is incredible and I'm excited to hire you because I just want to be on your journey and I want to help you and I want to help grow you and help cultivate your skills and watch where you can run and just soar and fly I just that's what we should be thinking about when we go into the room and I get it that people are stressed out now under resource they just want to hire because they need help and that to me is scary hiring because what you're doing is you're not hiring better, you're hiring easy, you're hiring safe, you're hiring, oh, well, that person's already here, they already know the company, this is gonna be the easiest thing, it's the devil I know versus the devil I don't know, let's just put them in the role, yay, promote them, clap, clap, we move on. Be very careful of that because what type of team are you building? What type of environment are you cultivating? Are you continuing to talk to yourselves by just, constantly putting the same people that you know in this in in the same roles over and over and over again and again I am not saying don't promote within uh I've been at the same company for 25 years I absolutely want to get promoted within right or promotions as you all know like it's not always up down it's different ways and and yeah I'm all about that but I also think there's a balance to that too 
if you're doing it from the sake of safe hiring or because that person's been here or seniority or it's just the easier thing to do, that is all the wrong reasons to put somebody into a role. And I know it's not as easy to go with the unknown. That's a risk. There's a ramp up time. There's a learning. And yeah, all of that is the reality of it. But when you meet somebody that you see that kind of potential in, isn't it worth saying, I'm going to take the risk and I'm going to take the time to grow and develop that person into potentially what they can be for themselves on this journey, on this path, and what that can do for you as a leader. That's an opportunity for you to be a part of somebody else's amazing journey. And for me, when I, I mean, there is definitely a handful of people I've interviewed in my past or have joined my team for different reasons when I'm like, I'm like, yeah, you are way smarter, faster, more awesome than I am. And it is just an honor to be able to work with you. I don't care if they're my direct report or not. We're human to human here, right? And I love that because then it's like, gosh, if I can impart anything and just help encourage you along the way and give you some some guideposts and some some coaching along the way that might help you, then there's nothing better than that. We've got to shift our thinking about why we're hiring people. Hire better than you. Hire someone with that potential that you can grow. All right, long sip. It's a big sip. But sip number two, hire complimentary of you and your team. This is, to me, the ultimate of wonderfully inclusive practices and diverse practices because it's not about just making sure everybody's skin colors look different on the team. That is one dimension of diversity, but it's not the only dimension, and I think we get caught up in that way too much. It's also, oh, make sure you ask all the same people all these same questions. Everything's equitable. It's not equitable. You are going to have candidates who are going to be better than others because they're going to either have more experience or a different experience or, you know, the right types of answers to the questions from being a leader and all the character things that we just talked about. But you want to make sure when you have a team that you do hire complementary skills. Don't freaking cookie cut your hiring. Don't hire someone that's you. And I know it's easy to do. And it's because you probably gravitate toward people who you click with, you vibe with, you connect with. It's like, oh, same, 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 twinning, you know, all that stuff. But what you end up doing is, one, now you have skill gaps on your team because now you've hired the same people with the same skills, same look, same everything, cookie cutters. And I, and I personally know a team that does this today, and it's it's sad. The output is ridiculous because you literally have – Five of the same people that have the same linear skill sets and then they wonder why other teams are, are passing them up because they're innovative and they're they're thinking forward and they're doing things. Because those leaders were smart enough to know that they had to hire different people with different skill sets, different points of view, different you know thoughts and, and thinking to bring it all together to make a high-performing team. No cookie cutters. Get rid of the cookie cutters. Hire someone who complements your skill set, not the same skill set. All right, moving on. Number three, hire somebody that you would want to be your leader one day. And maybe that's sooner than later. I don't know. It's not about age to me. It's not about generational stuff. And I realize that that has to check your ego a little bit at the door, everybody, for when you, when you think this way. Um, and I get it, but... 
that to me is a really key thing is when it'll change your mindset when you're hiring people. Hire someone that you would want to work for. Hire someone who has that potential to grow and be a leader that you're going to work for one day. And frankly, that is the circle of, of org- organizational culture life, everybody. Um, you know, those people who are long, you know, they are longer in their careers and then they end up retiring. And But part of our role and what I like about where I'm at in my career, kind of in the middle, but probably more towards the latter end of my career, is I get the opportunity to then teach and train and coach and, and, and nurture uh, the younger generations who are coming into the workforce now, but also the people who potentially could be my boss before my career is over. In fact, one of them is, and I couldn't be more proud, and I couldn't be more humble to have somebody who I feel like maybe I paid a tiny little part in that, who now is thriving way past me in leadership, and I think it's amazing. And it actually makes me kind of like I get teary about it because it's like there's nothing better than impacting a life that way. And I don't take sole credit. I never do for anybody's success. That that would be egotistical and ridiculous. But if you can sit in a chair across from somebody or on Zoom and, and you're interviewing them and you're thinking about like, wow, I, I, could, I could report to you one day and I would be perfectly okay with that. Like just even seeing those spark And I don't care what the level is. You know it when you see it. You know when you see that potential and that leadership spark and that heart of a leader, uh, someone who wants to serve others and be there for others. You see it. And those are the sparks that we need to cultivate as hiring leaders. So hire a leader of you. So I'm just going to close with probably another very unpopular anti-mainstream kind of opinion but um, again my podcast my opinion there's such a relentless focus on unconscious bias especially when it comes to hiring and I'm not saying that that doesn't exist to some extent first of all I do believe that most bias is conscious we just don't want to admit it to ourselves and second of all I think again the human nature we take everything to one extreme or the other What I am worried about is what we are doing is we're getting so relentless about being focused on removing all bias and and filters from the hiring process that what we're also trying to remove is actually our intuition. And those to me are very different things. And I believe that our, our intuition, call it your gut, Those are getting blasted by people because they're like, oh, that's so objective. That's subjective. That's just your filters, your bias, your whatever coming to the table. No, it's not because, and I will tell you, when you try to get too overly scientific about human beings, you are missing a very critical part of humans. And that's that we all have souls. We all have spirits. We all have minds. We're all unique individuals. And we all have, we're art, in my opinion, a little bit more than science. And I'm not going to sit here and debate about, you know, anatomy and all that. Because I agree, there are scientific things and anatomy and physiological things, blah, blah, blah. But again, you're missing the most important thing about people and humanity is those unique differences, those beautifully unique differences. And, okay, you're probably thinking, but that's the whole point of unconscious bias. We're trying to remove all that so we're fair, so we're fair and we're equitable. 
But what you're doing is by removing all of that and trying to look at people almost too subject, almost too objectively and not subjectively, you're missing that, that intuition, that power inside of you that, that can read people, that can understand, that can recognize certain things in people, that can like, I mean, that to me is such a powerful tool and it always has been. I mean, what do you think emotional intelligence is? It's not a checklist. It's not something you learn, you know, on a textbook. It's about understanding people and humans and being able to read a room and having empathy and having all these intangible things. That is why the soft skills, and you all know I hate that freaking term because the soft skills, the people skills are the hardest part of any job, of any leadership. Why? Because people are unique. People are art they're all different and unique and and complex and we have emotions and we have feelings and we have mindsets and all of that and I think that again in the name of equity we're trying too hard to make everything so laterally and unilaterally fair that we're actually having the reverse impact and not seeing people for the amazing individuals that they are And we're not trusting our own instincts and our own guts and our own ability to see that spark in people because we're getting so freaking hung up on process procedures and checklists and things rather than just connecting heart to heart with people and having those conversations and, and, and being so worried about saying the wrong things to the wrong people. Oh gosh, I don't want to like offend. I don't want to offend Then we get all up in our heads and we lose our hearts. So when you're hiring people, when you're talking to people, just have a conversation. Just be human to human and have that conversation as a human, not as some kind of scientific experiment. Then you're going to build an amazing team and you're going to be able to welcome a wonderfully unique, diverse group of people together and then sky's the limit. Thank you for having a cup of coffee with me. For more sips and tips, connect with me on social and follow Leader Sips on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. And don't forget to visit my website, carlinholbrook.com. Until next time, keep on brewing.